Welcome into the next edition of Tampa 2. Casey Phillips here with staff writer Bree Dix. And, uh, man, we are loving this show, getting to say that we are back-to-back -back NFC South champions. Yes, punch the ticket to the playoffs. Incredible. And, um, I, I mean, I feel like typically we spend a lot of our show talking about the idea of this next game, what it's going to mean, what are the keys to the game. Right. This week's a little bit different for yeah. some great reasons. It is <laughs> yeah. very rare to have a game at the end of the year that does not matter and you're going to the playoffs. Right. Those two things do not typically happen together, but we will take it. It is a Ooh, yeah. privilege and an honor, and we are very excited about it. Um, but before we get to that, let's talk a little bit about this Panthers game that mm -hmm. got us to this point. Uh, I mean, just such a huge, important game, and how great. great to see this team rise to the occasion when they knew was what was at stake. So uh, what stood out to you about that game, and especially in light of heading to the playoffs, what it might say about this team? I think for me, one of the biggest positives was the explosive downfield plays that you saw, because I think that's been one of the biggest deficiencies of this offense that we've talked about all season long is that lack of explosive plays that we've been used to seeing. And yes, the offensive personnel is different. You're going to have to win in a different way. But I mean, coming into that week 17 matchup, the Bucks had one touchdown of 20 plus yards all season long. And then Brady had three to Mike Evans of 30 or more yards. I mean, he had 432 passing yards connected with Evans downfield on those three go routes. And, you know, Evans took advantage of the Panthers' use of the single coverage, the cover one. But I think what was really encouraging to see is he missed Evans early on. I think it's it's hard to go back and remember that at this point. But after rewatching the game, you know, he missed him on that go route early. So technically Evans had four. But then – irregardless of that, he still made a concerted effort to continue to get Evans the ball, and you saw that come to fruition. And then defensively, you know, I think early on they were kind of in some of those heavy run front looks, which provided some some positive pass looks for the Panthers, but they were able to make those adjustments. They pitched a shutout in the third quarter, and then, of course, the critical strip sack by Anthony Nelson in the fourth quarter that kind of sealed the victory. So, all in all, I think it was really, really encouraging to see, and hopefully that bodes well for hitting the stride heading into the postseason. I completely agree. And, you know, one way, if your team is having some red zone struggles, one way to fix that, just throw 50, 60-yard yeah, touchdowns. We don't need the red zone. Bomb to Mike Evans, Nobody but. needs the red zone. We'll just, uh, <laughs> from now on, score touchdowns from the, the yeah. opposing 40 or 50. Right. It's totally fine. Um, yeah, I think that, that it, it's interesting how going into the playoffs, I think there's always so much talk about which teams are getting hot at the right. right time. That is such an important thing because it's your record before the playoffs doesn't matter Never. once you're there. It is every game is by itself. And so all that matters at that point is how you're going to play that day. Yeah. And so as much as I'm sure the Bucks would have preferred a better record or an easier path to this point, all that matters is how they're going to be playing going into the playoffs. Yeah. And I think this Panthers game is a big example of that, of who you want to be going into the playoffs where you have the connection between Tom Brady and Mike Evans for some big deep balls. You still have Chris Godwin right. making a million catches mm -hmm. and getting, I mean, for the two of those guys to put up the numbers that they did. I mean, to think that Tom Brady would have still had over 300 yards passing if he only threw to Mike and Chris yeah. is crazy. Um, so to have both of those guys be able to have big games and a lot of yards and then to be able to, again, have your defense, especially getting some turnovers when that was – the defense has played really well all year, but they were – that was one of the big areas they were lacking in. They just weren't producing the turnovers. And then they also stopped one of the most potent 
rushing attacks that had put up over 300 yards rushing the week before and held them to under 75 this time. Those are your elements that you know this team is going to need. You need to be able to produce the turnovers. You need to be able to stop the run. You need to be able to get some chunk yardage Mm -hmm. plays. Like, check, check, check Check. in terms of what you wanted (laughs) to see going into the playoffs. So um, that's got to be such a inspiring thing for them knowing that. Which now brings me to my next question of – what does this Falcons game need to be for this team, separate from the fact that we know the outcome, win or loss, will not change anything in terms of the playoffs, but it could change just how this team maybe feels going into the playoffs or the things that they want to work on. I, I think a lot of people were asking, oh, are they just going to rest everybody, which, first of all, you just you can't do that from a sheer numbers mm-hmm. standpoint. So then the question becomes, who do you rest? How many guys do you rest? Right. Do you rest anybody or are you focusing more on things you need to accomplish right. as compared to, to resting? So what's your uh, indication after listening to the coaches this week and what do you think they're going to try to do? Well, definitely the the mantra this week has been don't take your foot off the gas. And Todd Bowles and the entire coaching staff has stressed many times that if you are healthy, you should be prepared to play. Because at this point, they are looking at fine-tuning those issues, getting things ready for the playoffs fixing a lot of those issues that we've seen kind of permeate the team this year and getting that ready to go for the playoffs. So I think, you know, really every starter that is healthy is going to play in this game. Now the question becomes, okay, how long are those guys going to play? How long is Tom Brady going to be in there? How long is Mike Evans, Chris Godwin going to be in there? But honestly, I, I agree with their philosophy in you've still got to build momentum and you can't focus on or worry about injuries because once you do that – then that's that when you becomes get your sole focus, and that's when you are going to have yeah. those injuries. I mean, injuries can happen at any point, any quarter, any second of the game. It's football. That's mm-hmm. that's the way it goes. Yep. So focusing on getting things right and building that head of steam as they go into the postseason because, I mean, yes, they had a great game against the Panthers, and you saw a lot of those things fixed, as we've mentioned, but that still doesn't completely erase all of the games before that and, yep. and the issues that we've seen. So yeah. that's what I'll be looking for. In this it is interesting, just the the ripple effect of if you play this guy, then you got to play this guy. You know, especially right. with if you're going to play Tom Brady, you're going to have your starting right. offensive line in front of him. Yeah. And so then when you can only have, you know, you're only going to have so many offensive linemen dress for the game because of a number standpoint, that already means you cannot have a wholesale five for five swap because you're only going to have, you know, eight guys. Right. Available. So if you have to play your starting five at some point, you can only sub out three max at some point during the game. So two guys are going to have to play the whole time. Um, so that's always an interesting thing of just looking at if this, then this, right. what it's going to mean. Um, I do hope we see a lot of guys get reps that don't normally. That yeah. I am a big believer in that. I would probably, more than a lot of coaches in this league, swap out guys in games where the outcome was a little bit decided you know, I, I would do that a lot more because I just think maybe like second half. Yes, it's so hard to get these in. backups reps. And when you always hear in the NFL, next man up. Well, guess what? Like help your next man up. Yeah. Get him some reps so that if God forbid you need some of these guys, which you hope you don't have any injuries, you hope that doesn't happen. Right. But man, what a golden opportunity to get Blaine Gabbert and Kyle Trask some reps, Mm -hmm. to get guys like Scotty Miller and maybe I would love to see Devin Tompkins. Tompkins. I would love to see more of him. Um, Just getting more guys, and especially even trying to get some of them reps with more starters. Mm -hmm. 
Because so often with Kyle Trask or a Devin Tompkins, you were seeing them in preseason with the maybe the threes. Yeah. And to get to see them against a starting caliber defense in the Falcons, if they haven't subbed people out, and with more of your Tom Brady, your starting mm-hmm. offensive line, your whatever, that to, to really get a better indicator of what they would look like yes. as a starter with the starting lineup. Um, I also would love if there's a way they can get Anthony Nelson and Joe Tryon Schoenka some rest um, which is going to yes. be challenging based on the Played whole reason. Like every defensive every snap, snap for three, three games. straight games. Like I am exhausted thinking about yes. that. So if there's a way that you can maybe elevate some practice squad guys, like that's a, a duo that I'm like, give those guys a <laughs> break. Um, I'd love to see that a little bit. So it's just going to be interesting, you know, maybe Zion McCollum, mm-hmm. get him a few more reps, just that kind of thing. I think um, this is just such a unique position to be in. Right. To have that where, yeah, maybe you but use the beginning. It's a good problem. To a, have. Great problem <laughs> a great to problem to have. Yeah. And hopefully maybe at yeah, your first half, you work on those things. You right. build that momentum. That's the ideal scenario to me. You build a lead in the first half with your starters. Work on things they know they want to work on. And then sit as many yeah. people as possible and give those guys reps who you hope you don't need in the playoffs maybe. Yeah. But if you do need them it would be great to have them feeling like it's it hasn't been months since they've gotten some real game action. Um, so knowing that we're going to probably see most, if not all, the starters, and then hopefully maybe some of the backups getting some time, who are uh, a player or two that you are excited to watch? I'm going to go with a player on the defensive side of the ball and offensive side of the ball. And going kind of off of that first half or however long starters play, I'm going to go with Akeem Hicks for the defense and Leonard Fournette for the offense. And I think for Akeem, you know, with – Vita Vea dealing with that calf injury. I think he's been an absolute menace. He's getting in the backfield. He had the two batted passes against the Panthers. And I think this could be a really big game for him in kind of stopping Cordell Patterson, stopping Tyler Algier before they get that head of steam and they get to the second level. And just, you know, he's able to get pushed on offensive linemen. And he's going up against one of the best guards in football in Chris Lindstrom, who is – he has that lateral mobility. He's proficient on, you know, the traps and pulls. Really elevates their outside zone running game. So I think that's going to be a big matchup, a player I'm going to watch. And then Leonard Fournette, you know, I think people have a tendency to look at, you know, the Bucks as that 32nd ranked rushing attack. But really, the flow of these games have dictated what the Bucks have been able to do offensively. You know, they've fallen behind, so they haven't, they've had to go with more of that pass heavy script putting the ball in Tom Brady's hands. But I think this could be maybe a preliminary playoff Lenny debut against this. You know, the Falcons are ranked 24th in stopping the run. You know, he's got that blend of power, the speed, you know, just plows through tackles. So I'm excited to see potentially what this game's going to be for him. And, you know, Rashad White, the coaching staff, has said all week that they ride the hot hand. So this could be an opportunity for – for Fournette to really, you know, step up and we can see him make an impact in in the first half to kind of get that yeah. get that early lead and positive down in distance. I agree. Um, since you went starters, I will go backups. Okay. Um, I am really excited again to see Devin Tompkins. Yeah. That's a big one for me. He's just – I loved the way he came in and handled the return job when he got put there. And mm-hmm. we've really only seen, you know, about one or two offensive – plays for him so far and so I would just really love to see him on use that speed maybe see the some of those jet sweeps that have gone to Julio try those out on Devin Tompkins you know see some deep ball attempts to him see how that speed looks downfield and then um on the defensive side Logan Hall uh it's a guy who I just feel like 
man, he's playing behind such high caliber people (laughs) that I think it is hard to get him as many reps or opportunities. Um, But it's a guy who I think, you know, they drafted high enough to think of as a as a long-term franchise guy yeah. and I really would like to see more of what he could look like again going against this you know starting caliber side of the Falcons get him some more reps in there and see what he could look like um how about uh just talking about the injury report that as coach has said all week that he plans to play everybody mm-hmm. but obviously that is pending who is healthy or right. available and who knows maybe some of the guys if it was a game that was huge implications right. would go but maybe now they don't, that they aren't quite healthy. So um, what do you notice about the Bucks injury report and what it could mean for some of these guys of who is and isn't available? Well, I think potentially, obviously, the, the players that probably might sit are the guys that haven't practiced this week. So, you know, we haven't seen Carlton Davis. We haven't seen Logan Ryan, Vita Vea, Donovan Smith. So that those could be some guys that they end up deciding to hold off since, yep. you know, you've already clinched the NFC South, giving those guys some extra time to rest. And then, you know, you've even had even Julio Jones, you know, hasn't practiced. But then you've had some guys that have been limited this week. You know, you had um, Jamel Dean mm-hmm. this week. You had Tristan Wirfs, who's been limited. So I think those are some of the question marks, too, is how yep. do you work with this and especially with the tackle situation I mean you had Josh Wells is now on injured reserve so you've got Brandon Walton who's gonna have to step in at tackle so I mean you know you're kind of getting into some of those those situations so they may just kind of want to give him a chance to step up and throw him in there and see see how that goes so yeah if I was queen for a day um (laughs) I would love if they just got rid of all these rules about limiting who can dress and how many can be available I'm like who who does this help what is the point of this like especially for maybe the last week of the season like can we just get rid of that and and throw anyone and everyone out there I just that's my tiny little soapbox for the day that's all um okay so now uh our quote of the day what do we have for you I went with a quote on, and I think you're gonna you're gonna like this, but it's one on Anthony Nelson, mm, nice. and it was from run game coordinator and defensive line coach Casey Rogers, mm-hmm. and I loved it because he said when with Nelly he's been a steady Eddie since the first time he walked through the door, but the thing is to see him stepping up, especially. When we've had some injuries and we've been shorthanded, him and Joe Tryon Shoinka, a couple of games, they've played every snap. So one, I tip my hat off to them. And then two, this guy works hard and comes to work every day. We always say sacks come in bunches, but for the last couple of weeks to have major sacks, fumbles, really big game-changing plays, I'm just so impressed to see him have the success after all the work he's put in. Yes. And I think that is exactly what, the best case scenario and what you want to happen. You know, all those injuries happened. You had Shaq Barrett go on IR. You had Janard Avery go on injured reserve. All of these things back-to-back. Carl Nassib's been in and out with a pec injury. And to see him step up like that opposite Joe Tryon has been really, really encouraging. And just to completely shift the momentum with, you know, I mean, he's had a strip sack of two straight games now. So I'm he's had one heck of a season. Incredible. I'm so glad he's getting – some the, props. The love. Yeah. yeah, like he's a great guy. And then, as he said, he's just done all the right things even when he was the backup. Mm-hmm. And to, I feel like so often we're just thrilled if a backup just doesn't screw up, right? Like you just want them to come in and at least not be a liability. Mm-hmm. 
for him to come in and be producing all these strip sacks, like that's a hard play for starters to make. That is not, that is a very challenging play to, to have happen and to realize that it means the fundamentals that he is showing that he's still in those moments thinking about punching the ball out, you know, all these little things of he's in his gaps, he's where he's supposed to be and still making those splash plays. He's not just trying for those. Right. And then all of a sudden you're seeing that he's giving up tons mm-hmm. of yards in this other way, like the, the discipline that that shows the fundamentals that that shows. Um, I just, I think he's helped himself a lot right. this year. I well, think. Yeah. And I talked to him after the Panthers game and asked him, you know, kind of just in terms of pass rush, like where does he see the most strides? And I loved because he said tenacity, you know, it's kind of in his mindset, you know, not just being, comfortable with getting a sack you know it's like no I want to punch the ball out I want to make force a fumble he wants to do all of these things to really make an impact and to leave a mark and it's not just doing the bare minimum but trying to go over above and beyond and you know I think he's really learned how to play you know with power he's been great at setting the edge and he's just completely bolstered that defensive line in a time when you know they desperately needed somebody to step up and make make an impact and he's done that yeah and what do they say that it takes 10,000 hours to become an expert at something um I think that Joe Tryanshenka and Anthony Nelson have made a lot of progress yes. towards that uh <laughs> yeah. these last few weeks you know they're yeah. just that much closer to being an expert at pass rush um okay so my quote um was from Byron Lefwich um he was just asked about the increased aggressiveness on particularly first down okay and He said that it wasn't first down. It was just in general, really. I think we're getting better as a group. I think this group is learning how to play, understanding the moments that we've got to make plays, understanding what we've got to do to really win football games. And this is the part that I thought was so interesting. It's so hard to get that done when you're switching so many bodies in and out of the huddle during the season. When it's OTAs and training camp, you do certain things from a physical standpoint every day so you can quickly get to a certain place. But that's tough in season. I think we're getting to a point where we can just be in that mode more often than not. We forget how now, and it is so right what they have done in terms of player safety, but Mm. practices are not the same as games or even close, nor should they be. But when you're talking about trying to get those little nuances of chemistry down, whether it's your offensive line, whether it's your quarterback to wide receiver, tight end connections, whatever that looks like, especially offensively, it is hard to try to manufacture that during the season. That OTAs and training camp, you get a lot more time to do a little bit more Mm -hmm. real reps together consistently. Just, again, that working towards that 10,000 hours idea. Um, And when he talked about the idea of, having to switch out so many bodies of who's playing this week, who's not, and only having those couple days of practice to try to do that. This is why we saw the same thing the year that the Bucs win the Super Bowl, that it is looking a little rough in terms of that chemistry, and then finally something clicks. And I am just hopeful and thinking that what Byron Lefwich is saying here, what we saw in the Panthers game, Mm -hmm. is that finally you are at that place where there's been enough consistency, enough time on task that you have those chemistry things that are hard to manufacture during the season, that it's just took a little longer maybe than they would have thought because of all the injuries and all the subbing in and out. But now hopefully enough guys have been here long enough. You're seeing them hit that stride and understand what they need from each other. Wide receivers knowing what Brady needs of them, expects of them. Oh, I thought you were going to go in. I thought you were going to go out. I thought you were going to stop all that stuff. 
hopefully they are at just the right time figuring all of that out. So, um, all right, well, that is going to do it for us on Tampa 2. We will be back here next week to break down that Falcons game and start talking playoffs. Yes. That's going to be a fun one. All right, we'll see you next week.